0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, taxi, RV camper, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A special hello, Merry Christmas, Kalachistuyana, and Happy Hanukkah uh, to all of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations, including... Our brand new one, KMAJ AM, 1440 Topeka, Kansas. That's 1440 AM, the big talker in Topeka, Kansas. Thank you, KMAJ, for making The Conspiracy Show part of your radio family. Hello to all of you listening in on The Conspiracy Show app. Free download. The podcasts, of course, available at talkzone.com. Those of us streaming us live on YouTube via the uh, HOA, the Hangout on Air, And by the way, if you want to uh, stream the show on YouTube, very simple. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T, at Richard Serrett. Go to the top or near the top of the feed, and you'll find a tweet containing an HOA link. Just click on that, and you're in. Um, And who else? Um... The affiliates, we mentioned the podcasts, the, uh, the apps, yes, we've, we've covered you all off. <laughs> however and wherever you're listening, I bid thee welcome and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, Michael Fitzhugh Bell is standing by to discuss his life as a targeted individual. Electronic harassment or torture uh, is a more appropriate term. We'll talk about that. Uh, before that, just a reminder, a programming note. The Conspiracy Show will not be available here on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio, next week, which is, of course, a Christmas evening, the evening of Sunday, December the 25th, uh, uh, Christmas night. Uh, but we will return the following week, and that will be the evening of New Year's Day, 2017. Next week, many of our affiliate stations will be carrying uh, this program on either Christmas Day or maybe the day after. And, uh, incidentally, that show, Two Hours with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, the author of The Harbinger and The um, The Mystery of the Shemitah, and his new book is The Book of Mysteries. All right. What you are about to hear over the next hour, my guest swears, is a true story. An innocent man becomes the unwitting target of a secret criminal organization using high-tech weaponry, microchip implants, and mind control on its victims, leaving no evidence. The organization is covert, highly organized, well-funded, and uses the latest technology. This heinous, unconscionable crime has gone global and rapidly has become a huge national problem. My guest says he was drugged, abducted, raped, and surgically implanted with illegal microchip implants, all done without his knowledge or consent. He's tracked, stalked, and tortured. 24-7, and physically burned remotely with directed energy weapons which most people don't even know exist. His every thought and feeling is being read in real time by his perpetrators via GPS and current cellular satellite systems, making him quite literally a human piñata. He must prove his crime to the police and a judge before his attackers erase his memories and murder him, murder him. Despite the most determined efforts to destroy him, he remains optimistic and focused, relentless in his pursuit to find his way out of this never ending terror and nightmare of a labyrinth which has become his life. Michael Fitzhugh Bell is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. He's a classically trained chef who has worked in hotels in Austria and has worked in some very well-known restaurants and hotels in America. He spent several years working in the entertainment business in Hollywood as a motion picture catering chef and aspiring screenwriter. He also trains for and does high-altitude mountaineering, climbing big peaks around the world. He's written articles for Palm Springs Life magazine and won several writing contests while at prep school and college. His book, The Invisible Crime, Illegal Microchip Implants and Microwave Technology and Their Use Against Humanity, was written after seven years of exhausting research. He's considered a targeted individual. He's written for two reasons, to make the American public aware of this technology and the unconscionable crimes for which it is used and to help other targeted individuals gain control of their lives and cope with this nightmare from which they never seem to wake. Michael Fitzhugh Bell, welcome back to The uh, the, uh, Conspiracy Show. How are you?
1: I'm very good, Richard. It's so nice to be back. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. It's been a, a, a while. We'll get a, sort of an update on your situation. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time we had you on the show. It's been maybe three, three, four years, I'm guessing. Uh, no, but,
1: actually, last last August.
0: Was it last August?
1: Yeah, oh. 2015.
0: Okay, so this is your third time back, as I think I had you on once yeah, before. that's correct. All right. So... Um, First, for those who missed those first two shows, just give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of what happened to you. At, uh, give us kind of a chronology. Here you were working, I guess, in the entertainment industry as a, as a culinary, um, as a chef, and uh, and then things went horribly wrong. Tell us about, about that in just kind of correct. a brief synopsis. I,
1: yeah, I was a, uh, an aspiring screenwriter in Hollywood. And I was just beginning to, I've been a writer all my life, but at this point I was uh, ready to become a screenwriter. And I was just at the point where I was getting big meetings with top literary agencies around Hollywood and some of the big studios were beginning to show interest in some of my work when I became a targeted individual. And um, really, it happened over time, but the it all seemed to manifest into one night I went to sleep and while I was sleeping I was drugged and abducted from my apartment in Hollywood and I remember the perpetrators wearing frightening masks at one point I remember that clearly and I also remember lying on an operating table somewhere with surgeons standing over me with surgical masks and then I was returned to my apartment, to my bed, and I woke up thinking it was the next morning, but it was really an entire week later, and um, my body was riddled with these tiny uh, cosmetic surgery incision scars, and I couldn't figure out what had happened to me. And so I consulted with several private investigators that were somewhat familiar with what had happened to me, And they informed me that I was most likely what is termed as a targeted individual, and um, I most possibly could have been implanted with advanced nanotechnology biomedical devices. So I had these scars, and I didn't have any proof, though. So I traveled, I literally traveled around the world collecting evidence. MRIs, ultrasounds, x-rays and verified documented doctor's reports which I include all of the all of which in the images too in the book which show clearly these foreign objects that stand out in these images in the MRIs and the ultrasound images and they're circled in the book Um, they're easy to see it doesn't take a radiologist to see these things and they're they're throughout my entire body. They're symmetrical and corresponding. And um, from what I understand, uh, I was also lucky enough to meet an ex-CIA agent who told me that everything in my book and all that it exposes, he confirmed that everything in the book is true. But what he did tell me which shocked me even more because I thought my book exposed a lot. He said that my book only barely scratched the surface, was barely the tip of the iceberg of what's really going on. And my research has shown me that I'm most likely part of what's deemed to be a massive field test or an illegal clinical trial of human experimentation uh, with classified technologies, and it's what's termed as an unacknowledged special access program, and it's beyond top secret. What this you is, uh,
0: what you described uh, being abducted, waking up on an operating table. Um, Implants. It almost sounds like the modern alien abduction uh, phenomenon. I'm wondering whether uh, what your views on uh, about the abduction phenomenon, and whether people who who believe they've been abducted, whether that might be some sort of a um, a, a, a psyop or some sort of memory implant to cover for what happened to you.
1: That's quite possible, Richard. Um, I've heard that theory. I know for a fact what the people that took me were people. They weren't aliens, but I, they were at one point wearing masks to conceal their identity because I do remember bits and pieces of the abduction. But I believe that what you said um, is quite possibly the truth that um, perhaps these um, abductions that people claim to be Aliens are really government-related, or black ops, or part of the military human experimentation programs, and the, they're using the alien uh, story as a disguise. That's quite possible, and it seems to make sense too. So uh, that's an easy way. To, that would be an easy way to write it off.
0: So. While you were missing for a week, uh, were you essentially left unconscious in your bed, or were you were you being held for a week? What, and, yes, and if I, so, what were they doing to you during that week?
1: I was. Uh, I remember bits and pieces, um, Richard. It was. Uh, I, I was moved around. Uh, this it was a a week. I remember being in many different rooms of uh, a large mansion. And a couple of times that I I describe in the book, I did get a chance to, I was being drugged. What was happening is I was being continuously drugged, and as one drug session ran out, between druggings is what I remember. So when I was under the full influence of whatever they gave me, which I believe was a drug called scopolamine, also known as devil's breath, um, that drug... Um, gives the victim nearly complete amnesia but I do remember bits and pieces and I remember looking out the window of one of the rooms that I was in and it seemed to me I recognized the hills in the background they were definitely the Hollywood Hills or the Bel Air area of Los Angeles I recognized those hills because I'd seen them having lived in Los Angeles and traveled all over Beverly Hills and Bel, Bel Air and Hollywood, I was quite familiar with some of these distinct hills. So I remember bits and pieces and I was moved around a lot. And I remember at one point, I believe some kind of mind control testing was being done on me. I was kind of, kind of similar to uh, if you ever saw the movie a clockwork orange where the um, main character is forced to watch terrible images I can hear the music coming right
0: yes yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna take a time out but uh, oh. yeah it sounds like what you're discussing yeah. is an attempt yeah. to induce a massive trauma uh, which you're right is is right out of the MK Ultra textbook and this is the Nazis experimented with inducing Well, they fracture the psyche so they can compartmentalize the human mind and turn people into spies. I mean, they can hide information on someone, send them across the country. They become a mule, essentially. And the person, their handler, waiting for them on the other side, using a particular code word, can access that one compartmentalized piece of the brain and and get access to that that information. I will come back and discuss uh, further with Michael Fitzhugh Bell. Electronic harassment, or torture, that is when The Conspiracy Show continues right after this.
1: You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett.
0: Welcome back. Uh, Michael Fitzhugh Bell is with us, and the book is The Invisible Crime, Illegal Microchip Implants and Microwave Technology and Their Use Against Humanity. Now, these implants, or what you believe were implants, after your abduction... Are these being used to track you? Does this have anything to do with the cellular satellite technology?
1: Richard, we believe that what's happened to me is that I have been implanted with advanced nanotechnology biomedical devices. One of which I had removed. We'll talk about that in a second, hopefully, um, and what happened with that. But with the these are classified technologies, which which. Uh, are being used to experiment on human beings. This is what's widely believed. And um, it's these technologies that are allowing the perpetrators, the criminals, that's what they are really, um, to track, to um, uh, actually access a person remotely through a process called remote neural monitoring and they're actually able to um, interact with uh my body and in, in terms of making the temperature of my body rise or fall or the speed of my heart to increase or slow down um, and to actually read my thoughts in real time this is this is what is widely believed and um uh, I'm, I'm at a, uh, certainly at a higher level than most targets, I think, because I've talked to quite a few since I wrote my book. I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and I respond to all of my emails uh, through my website. And I do have a, a few people that have experienced pretty much exactly what's happened to me, slightly different story, but covered with um, the covert surgery scars, they have MRIs showing the exact same uh, type of foreign object underneath their skin, very uh, identical to to the ones that I have in the images that, that you um, have in, uh, up on the on the big board. Right, and um,
0: so this nanotechnology sorry. biomedical device, you had one removed. Tell us about that.
1: Yes, uh, I had to go to well, I have these these scars all over my body, but there are a couple of places where I can actually feel the object directly beneath the skin, and so I wanted to find one that was the easiest to access, and it was actually in my jaw, and my lower jaw, and I could feel it right underneath the skin. It felt like a little BB, and it would move, you know, I could put my finger on it and, and move it back and forth underneath the skin, I could feel it clearly there. And then when I looked in a uh, 10X mirror uh, in, uh, with bright sunlight, uh, I was able to see a scar in my gum line. So I went to about 10 different ear, nose, and throat doctors to have this thing extracted. And most of them, I would get there and I was just a normal patient and then I explained to them what happened, and I what I I didn't say what it was. I said I have this thing in there that that hurts. I have this object beneath the skin. I don't know what it is, but it's hurting me, and I'd like to have it removed. And then they'd examine me, and then they would go into the other room and talk with a couple of their other doctors that are that were in the same office, and they would come back always with the same story. Yeah, we're not going to be able to help you with that. Um, but you might be able to try somebody else. Maybe somebody else can help you. I don't think we can. They were, they all were frightened of me, quite honestly, Richard. So they they wouldn't
0: share uh, the images. uh, Did they try to remove it?
1: No, I, I finally got one, one doctor that would remove it in the pre-visit. Uh, he was very friendly and, uh, um, he agreed to, to try to extract it. And then when I came back a week later for the extraction, he was all business. He was a very different person. Uh I, I got the impression that someone had spoken to him, probably someone from uh from the criminal group, some some represented from the from the government or the the military black ops, somebody got to this guy because something that is removed from your body is your own. It's it's you, the chain of custody goes to the person it's being removed from, uh, whatever it is.
0: So they wouldn't give it, it back. Be, in other well, words, he wouldn't give it back. He wouldn't he, surrender it to you.
1: He would not. He he refused to, to let me keep it, and he did let me take several photographs of it, and I did the best I could. Um, and you can clearly see that the the front part of it is nothing that, that is natural. Uh, It's like an elongated kind of um, almost looks like a little piece of plastic. that's very smooth and uh, Hmm. kind of roundish.
0: Let me just uh, remind listeners, Michael Fitzhugh Bell is with us, the author of The Invisible Crime, Illegal Microchip Implants and Microwave Technology. We've got uh, about five minutes here before we head into the next break. What's the latest uh, in the year or so since we've talked the last? What new information do you have?
1: About uh, my situation... Well, I've, I've had to move, just, just to let you know where I am right now, I've had to move, I moved 14 times in 9 years trying to escape this crime, which follows me wherever I go. So I realize now that I, running or going anywhere in the world, uh, it's, it's useless for me to, to try to escape, Um so right now I'm in deep in the mountains of North Carolina uh where I was in California which is probably the worst place in the world to live with this uh situation you can see on the on the big screen some of the burn marks that I've uh some of the third degree burns that I've suffered over the last couple of years um, uh now where I am now I don't really have any neighbors it's a very remote location Although the neighbors that I do have, when I first moved here, I, I was pretty anonymous. But after a while, um, I could tell that the criminal group had reached out to my neighbors. And uh, now I, I um, get what's referred to as organized stalking. And uh, that's part of this, being a targeted individual. There's right. organized stalking.
0: Where they will follow you, that, taunt that, you, drive by your your house at all hours, honking their horns, anything to drive you correct. over the edge. And that's ha- Absolutely, that's absolutely correct, Richard. And the way they recruit these people is somehow. And these these people are not necessarily, you know, connected with the government, but they get approached, and somehow they are convinced that you're the bad guy, uh, right. and that you need to be driven out of there. So they they demonize you in some way.
1: That's correct. What happens to me is I receive. Intimidation, uh, it's called community intimidation and, um, the, uh, what happens is that a vicious lie or slanderous rumor, it's a lie, uh, is spread about the target, me, uh, wherever I go in the community. And it's usually something along the lines of being a pedophile or a child molester, something that people will instantly brings hatred to them and disdain so that's what i believe something something along those lines are are that kind of a lie is being spread about me to motivate these strangers when i go into stores and stuff now the merchants shun me and will perform acts of harassment against me trying to antagonize me and torment me and taunt me and uh, I expect that now, but what they're looking for is a reaction from me. They're looking, they're they're seeing how how much I can take. Uh, I believe, uh, and they want you. They're they're pushing you. They want a reaction. They want to provoke uh, some kind of uh, an incident with you, um, whether it's driving your car or whether you're in the store standing next to one of these people. They're really and. From what I understand, these people are—they get strong financial reimbursement for their harassment, which they're paid for after. So that's the motivation for them. They must complete that in order for them to get whatever reward, whether it's drugs or money, whatever whatever it is that they that they're they're, they're being right. promised.
0: So you're living in in the mountains in did you say North Carolina. That's correct. Are you employing any sort of shielding uh, device or any shielding um, methods to protect you, for example, from EMF or or any of these directed energy weapons?
1: Yes, I uh, I, I actually um, it's one of the chapters I wrote in my book um, countermeasures. Uh, I use I've gone through many different countermeasures that were that were effective for a short period of time, but then after a while they became ineffective. So now I use primarily uh, neodymium rare earth magnets, which are uh, incredibly strong, pure magnets that have a very strong magnetic field, a magnetic field that's so strong that it's able to disrupt the frequencies that are um, coming and going from various parts of my body constantly. Uh, and um, what's what's believed to be a bi-directional um, human mind to machine technology so uh, I use the neodymium magnets to especially when I'm receiving pain torture really it's remote torture um, and it's severe pain uh, and it's constantly um, 24/7. and especially when you're trying to sleep, that image right up there right now is the first one that I obtained when I went to Spain. That's a, uh, my first that was in my navel the first day I went to Spain and a small clinic in Spain and just told the doctor what I wanted and I got the, the, the verified documented reports right right there. You can't do that in this country. They won't let you do it.
0: Listen, um, Michael, i got to take a time out here. We'll come back and uh, discuss further. The Invisible Crime, okay. Illegal Microchip Implants and Microwave Technology and Their Use Against Humanity. Are we next? We'll find out. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Salant. Michael Fitzhugh-Bell stays with us, the author of The Invisible Crime, legal Microchip Implants and Microwave Technology and Their Use Against Humanity. He is living a nightmare. How, when did this first begin, uh, Michael? How long has it been now?
1: Well, when it first started happening, I didn't realize what was happening. It's only when I look back in retrospect that I realize exactly when it started happening. It was probably around 2002, 2003.
0: My Lord, so over a so, dozen years.
1: Well, it was it was probably starting around then, and it started with the organized stalking, and that was some really odd things. I would uh, it would happen once in a while. I would come back. I would go out from my apartment at every turn, and all the doors, the door, the front door would be open. All the windows would be open. The lights would be on during the day, and the water would be running in my sink. And this happened a couple of times. And I, at first I thought it was some kind of a prank. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was, I was ready for, you know, a reality show, a camera team to, to, to jump out of behind a, a wall or something and surprise me. I, um, Is there any you know,
0: v- I V2K involved, voice to skull?
1: I don't get the, 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 the voice to skull, uh, Richard. I, I get something called silent subliminal... Sound presentation. I don't hear the voices, but I do hear a loud electronic type sound 24/7. So there's
0: no, there's no, there's no uh, subliminal uh, voice in your ear telling you to do things or to hurt yourself. No. Or
1: not that I'm aware of. No, I, I, I know most of the other targets that I know get that form of, of, of a, They receive that kind of acoustic weaponry against them uh, in the form of voices. Um, but that, that doesn't happen to me.
0: Um, you mentioned the third degree burns. Do they then, they, whoever they are, do they have the capability now then to make someone spontaneously combust? If they can give you third degree burns from a remote location? Could they set you a fire if they wanted?
1: Uh, I really don't know about that to be honest with you. I, I would say it's probably possible, but they've it seems like to me, in what's happened to me and, and all that I, everywhere I travel, I'm under constant watch, constant surveillance. I don't I, I think at this point somehow I'm valuable to the, the system. whatever information they they're, they're gleaning um, from me through this human experimentation program, I must be of some value to them because uh, but to answer your question, that's probably possible.
0: Are you How do you survive? I mean are you, how are you able to work?
1: I, well, I'm a writer, so uh, I was a writer before this happened to me. So that's, I think, one of the reasons why I was selected, because I'm, I don't have a, a regular nine-to-five job that I, where people are going to be seeing me every day. Um, I would spend long periods of time in my apartment in Hollywood writing, and um, I, I'm not married. I don't have any children. I don't have any pets. And my family lives lived when I lived in California. They lived in another part of of the country, so I was complete. I was pretty much isolated and on my own. And when I was taken for a week, the first time it happened many times to me. um, The first time that it happened, no one even noticed that I was even gone. Except my family had left some messages for me and wondering why I hadn't returned their calls. All right, I've
0: got to jump in, Michael. We're going to take another time out, come back and continue on with the invisible crime, illegal microchip implants and microwave technology and their use against humanity. Michael Fitzhugh Bell right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The truth will set you free. But first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Michael Fitzhugh Bell stays with us, graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, classically trained chef who's worked in hotels in Austria, worked in some very well-known restaurants and hotels in America, spent several years working in the entertainment business in Hollywood as a motion picture catering chef and an aspiring screenwriter. And he has been targeted for the last dozen or so years, implanted with nanotechnology biomedical uh, devices. His every moment, his every movement tracked, his thoughts read in real time, the victim of some sort of directed energy weapon. They can induce pain remotely, third-degree burns from the the book, The Invisible Crime, Illegal Microchip Implants, Microwave Technology, and Their Use Against Humanity. I guess my my question, the big question is, how soon are they going to start ramping this field experiment up on the rest of the general population?
1: To answer that question, you'll be surprised. You may have heard this already. I don't know. It's estimated that right now, 50% of Americans are already implanted with RFID technology without their permission, without their knowledge, without their consent.
0: 50% already that happened. high? Hmm.
1: Already happened.
0: I was not aware of that particular figure. Um, I'm trying to remember my last conversation with Dr. John Hall. I'm sure you know Dr. H- Dr. Hall.
1: Yes, I do know him, actually.
0: Yeah, uh, he, we, he and I have worked together and of his book um the new, the new breed satellite terrorism in america
1: um that's
0: right 50% my gosh so
1: that's what's estimated yeah
0: but obviously 50% of the population isn't at the point where they are uh, aware that they are being targeted, they're not necessarily displaying the symptoms of a targeted individual. Does that mean that this technology is in there? It's lying dormant until such time as the that, uh, the perps decide yeah. to to utilize it or to put it into action.
1: I believe that's that, that's 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 a theory that I believe, um, and certainly to some extent, it may be just the bare minimum uh, of. Uh, what i what, what's happened to me um i have the full i have the full fully implanted from head to toe uh, i believe what's happened to the general population the estimated 50% um, only has a, a small tag that that is to say that they don't have the full setup that i that that's that's been done to me um, and you asked also about what it's like? How do I survive? Um, it's, it's. Uh, I can only say that it's like a being a prisoner in a virtual electronic concentration camp. To be quite honest with you, I don't know what that is, but that's what I would say. The only thing I could possibly compare um, being a victim of this crime would be compared to, I would say that would be a a very accurate portrayal of what it's like when you are targeted. Um, You really do feel like a prisoner, and um, the life you had before no longer exists, and it's really just where you used to live your life and look forward to things down the road and make plans, your life really becomes... Day to day and week to week, and just figuring out how to survive and how to um, what's your next step going to be, um, and um, I guess it tests me to the to the point where I have now have to do three things every single day to maintain um, to, to 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 be focused and to uh, remain positive. I have to, every day, remind myself that other people have suffered much worse or the same or much worse and may be suffering much worse. Right now, somewhere, someone always has it much worse than you do. So I I remind myself of that. And you look at the Holocaust survivors and prisoners of war and the terrible things that are done to these people and what they endure and what they survive, and that has to be perhaps on the same level or worse than what's happening to me and to other targeted individuals. So I remind myself of that. And I also have to exercise every single day, no matter what, at least 20 minutes or a half an hour of exercise at least every day to survive. And also I have to remind myself every day I have to find at least a moment where I can laugh. I have to do that every single day because that's something that can't leave my life. I need to always be positive and find something, um, no matter how bad it gets, to humor myself and to take a step back and still remember that I'm alive and still trying, this is the only life that I'll ever know, so I'm still trying to enjoy that the best that I can, although this this crime really hampers your ability to live the life you did before.
0: Are they trying to drive you to the point where you will take your own life?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I, that's a thought I don't entertain at all. But other targeted individuals, especially new ones, are often pushed that far. In fact, just w- within the last year, a new target contacted me having read my book and I usually don't make phone calls, but this person really sounded pretty desperate, and I did. and I tried to um, uh, calm him down and try to, you know, try to offer some kind of um, comfort to him because he was really at a, in a terrible spot. I, I, I had been in that spot before when I was newly targeted, and um, he took his own life. Oh, uh, about three or three or four months after I spoke to him um, and uh, it was it was it was sad and frightening that and I still have his emails that he sent me um, I never knew him but I spoke to him several times for several hours on the phone and I still have his emails and it's it's sad
0: I um, it's kind of quieted down now uh, but there are months, that'll go by where I am receiving several emails every week uh, from different people. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but for one person, one talk show host, uh, to receive several emails on this one topic, people who are claiming to be victims, um, such as yourself, uh, that's a lot. And, um, you know, I I direct them to Dr. Hall or I'll direct them to, there's a fabulous um, uh, support uh, up here in Canada um, Eleanor white uh, right. who, who runs a website you know you must know Eleanor
1: she's terrific yeah she's terrific uh,
0: that's about you know all I can do because I'm certainly not um, an expert in this field so I simply try to put them onto the the proper channels and it sounds like you've become also a hub sort of a support uh, for for these people as well
1: yeah it, it's it's um, uh, I, I I'm, I've been fortunate in that um, um, having written the book has put me in touch with a lot of people and it, it's actually helped a lot of people and people have um, thanked me for it, which really made me that's the only reason I really wrote it was to help people and to raise the uh, the awareness of people that are unfamiliar with this crime and um, so it's really nice to 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 get feedback from people and the book really can be used as a tool or an icebreaker for, for in in terms of people trying to explain what's happened to them to family or friends or loved ones because trying to do it without the right words or without proof or evidence which i include in my book for my case um, and other people have nearly identical experiences or, or similar enough where the book comes in handy in explaining what's happened to them and here it is in the book happened exact exact same thing happened to me so the the book is is really um... been helpful in terms of of for a couple of different reasons for for raising the awareness and for uh, actually being a handbook for for new targets that are unfamiliar with countermeasure techniques and um, what's happening and how it's being done. To, to some degree, um, it's 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 pretty well outlined in my book. Could as, you build a?
0: Could you build a Faraday cage? Do you have the know-how or the wherewithal to build a Faraday cage, and would that help?
1: I did have um, the first private investigator that I consulted with built me. One that worked for a small amount of time, for a couple of months it worked, but I've never been in a Faraday cage, a real one, a real, you know, one where there's a building dedicated to it. They do have those, and I've never been in one to to, so to speak, see the signals just cut off, because I, I imagine that could happen, uh, and it would be kind of the opposite of what's happened to me now. When it when I was first what I call activated in the book when I first realized that that there was definitely some kind of technology, some kind of electronic technology in my system. Uh, The day that that I was activated, I remember that, and I I imagine if it was taken away, it would be like cutting off the light, you know, turning off something. It would be that you would right. notice the difference the, the, the noise that I hear the loud electronic hum that I hear Michael, regrettably,
0: regrettably Michael I have to turn out the lights we are done um, oh
1: gosh that was the fastest hour ever
0: <laughs> they always are my friend in the meantime and we'll also, we'll direct people to the website invisiblecrime.com invisiblecrime.com did you have a parting word 15 seconds Michael
1: yes uh, I just wanted to say uh, I think I'm, I'm your last uh, guest for 2016 so it's a great honor um, and also um, my, my book is uh, available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon and at, m- at my website www.invisiblecrime.com
0: Michael thank you so much stay in touch be well my friend
1: thank you so much Richard
0: Michael Bell invisiblecrime.com. my thanks uh, to Ian and Albert and all of you listening at home Hope you'll be around, uh, well, you won't listen to us next week on Zuma Radio, but our affiliates, check them out, the podcast, of course. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.